welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. There have been many movies that depict demonic and satanic attacks on people. Is that a real thing that happens? Or is that just a way to sell movie tickets? In this episode of Unscripted, we begin to dig into what God's Word has to say about fighting spiritual battles. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, Nate. How was your Halloween? <laughs> oh, wait. I was, was not, I was not, not expecting that question. Um, uh, yeah, that just was not what I expected to come out. <laughs> Way to catch me off guard there, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> they, uh, we are talking about spiritual battles this week. And I don't know, as I was preparing for this, I always prepare for this. You don't. That's why it's unscripted right. for you. But um, I was just had that thought about, you know, just Halloween and all the spiritual kind of stuff that, that happens around that, some real, some fake, um, and just interesting. I, I feel like uh, this is such a great little series that we're going to be going through here because it's, it's something that's super important and it's uh, something that's not thought about a lot in a yeah. very biblical way, I think. So um, and I forgot to come up with an intro question for you, though. Well, you, that was the intro question, wasn't it? What was the last thing you dressed up for <laughs> for our fall fun fest? Yeah, <laughs> I, I oh, I think I did the uh, the di- inflatable dinosaur costume. Yes, you did. Yeah, where and, it looks like I'm riding a dinosaur. And yeah. I think we were all very disappointed because with your neck brace and yeah. your back brace, we were really expecting a stormtrooper. Yeah, this last year. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought about it, but then it just seemed a little bit too difficult to try to put all that together. <laughs> and then uh, part of the thing with the neck brace was it keeps people from bumping into you, you know, like they feel bad. They're like, Oh, I'm going to oh, keep my distance from that yeah, person. And so yeah. if I wore the stormtrooper costume or something they like that, and it covered you. it up, it'd be like, wait a second. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> they'd be having, uh, what are those things called? The, the swords that they use? I'm not a, I'm not a star Wars guy. Wow. Yeah. What are those called? The swords that they use? Yeah. Oh, like not only you're not a Star Wars guy, yeah. <laughs> like, don't even know. <laughs> no. That was something I didn't want to divulge to you until I had been on staff yeah. for a few years. I felt like I they wouldn't fire me. I'm not anti. I'm not like a huge Star Wars guy, but what I I like Star Wars. I'm not like a huge Star Wars really? guy though. I thought you were. I wouldn't have. Um, I I would not have not hired you because you like Star <laughs> Wars. But <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, so we're getting into talking about, uh, spiritual battles. And so I've just got, I have so many questions and we're not gonna be able to get to all of them today. Um, but it is a series, so, uh, we'll get to these questions as we go through. But, um, one of the scriptures that you brought out and as we're talking about spiritual battles, you know, obviously talking about, uh, the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. and Satan and demons and, and all of that, um, Siri thinks you're talking to her. Hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) She listens to me a lot. Yeah. My wife's phone always listens to me. Um, One of the things that you you brought up was a a scripture that talks about how uh, God's word says that the whole world is held under the sway of the wicked one. Speaking Mm -hmm. of of Satan, I think that's a pretty close Mm -hmm. um, quote of that scripture. Yeah. How 
is the world held under the sway of the wicked one? Like, yeah. um, you know, Jesus called Satan the ruler of this world three separate times mm-hmm. that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still the case? What does that mean? Like, what what is what is Satan's power and control in our world today? Yeah. So if we could go way down this rabbit hole and get a little bit speculative, and then I think we get an error when we get too speculative. So I don't want to go that far down the road. Um, but it is kind of interesting to think about because there's, there's a moment when Jesus is being tempted and uh, Satan takes him up to the top of the, or takes him up to this mountain, right? And says, look, I can give you all the kingdoms of the world. And it's like, wait a second, why is that Satan's to give? Um, and not God's already possession. Well, there's a sense, and I don't know exactly why or how it works, but there's a sense in which Satan is the ruler of the world as it stands now. That doesn't mean that God's not sitting on the throne. God's still on the throne of the universe. Ultimately, he's already won the victory at the cross through Jesus Christ. Um, But Satan does have some authority on the earth right now. Even his authority, though, is still subject ultimately to God's authority. You see what happened in Job when Satan um, went before God and asked him if he could if he could kind of run Job through the ringer through these different things, and um, you know it was something that that it, it was his authority to do that, but it also really was under the authority of God in, in the end. And so, um, in some way, shape, or form, Satan is the one, the prince of the power of the air, right? The, the ruler of this world, as you said, that Jesus said, um, he has authority over the earth and the people that are in it that, that don't belong to Jesus. Mm. So once we've been marked, sealed with the Holy Spirit, we are no longer under his authority. We're no longer under his rule. And it actually says uh, in first John that he can't touch us. Yeah. I mean, it literally says he can't touch us. Now he can, he can bother us. He can, you know, um, fling lies our way and things like that, but, but he can't touch us. Um, and so it's an interesting dynamic because God, of course, is all-powerful, all-knowing, but there's some sense in which in its current state, the world is under Satan's mm. command and control, in a, in a sense, if you yeah. will. Kind of, a, I guess, an authority structure like, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but like federal law versus state law or something like that where like you could have more local laws, but there's a, a greater law that oversees, like, mm-hmm. you know, is, is more uh, powerful than that. Yeah. Um, just question has popped in my head. When did, when did Satan get that authority? Was it, do you, was that in the garden of Eden? Um, when we were all there with Adam and Eve made that choice to sin, is that yeah. how he got his authority? That would be my, that would be my, guess. And I use the word guess intentionally because again, this is one of those things that we could go so far down the rabbit hole and make definitive statements about that. It doesn't say super clearly. Mm. Um, but I think when, when, when Satan appeared in the garden, the fall had already happened for the angels, right? Because he was already, and you know, a fallen angel at that point. Um, but I don't know that he had authority over the world system at that point. In fact, I think that that authority was given to Adam and Eve in, in a way as they were put in charge of tending the garden, right? They right, were put in right. charge of naming the animals. Really, mankind had the authority over the earth under God, right? But right. I think when Adam and Eve sinned, they 
basically gave their authority over to Satan mm-hmm. in a sense. That that's my opinion. And I, 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 if somebody's like, Oh, this isn't wrong because of this, this, and this, I'm not going to fight you over. <laughs> this is not one of those essential doctrines, but that's kind of my yeah. estimation of it personally. Yeah. Uh, you said that, uh, I love that. Like then when we come to Christ, that's when we come out from under his authority mm-hmm. and come under Christ's authority. And yeah. so, so we really only have two choices, although people love to think that there's a third choice. Right. But you're either ruled by Satan or you're ruled by, um, by Christ. For yeah. a person who feels like they're not ruled by Satan, but mm-hmm. they're not a Christian, yeah. um, what, like how, how would you present that to them that they are actually being ruled by Satan even though they don't think they are? How are, how are they? Yeah, I think that uh, control is an illusion. And you can take this even from a non-Christian standpoint. Let's say that you don't believe in God. You don't believe in, um, you know, angels and spirits and demons and these things. Um, Philosophers, modern philosophers, postmodern philosophers, they've all said time and again, those that are not Christians, that basically the control that we think we have, we don't have. (laughs) And this is is kind of, it's interesting because... um, because like those who are paid to be thinkers also have kind of developed this this theory about the the, the earth and the world and what it really looks like and ultimately um, we don't have anywhere near the control we think we do you know what I mean and I think that we're under the influence of something a lot of times it's the culture um, a lot of times you know it's our family or the area that we live in or different things like that um, there are a lot more, out external influences in our lives than we realize and then that we could even see. And I think that um, for a person that thinks that really they're ultimately in charge, it's the old, you know, the, the Invictus poem, um, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. Well, I mean, you have a little bit of freedom and some choices you can make, but ultimately you can't change whether you're going to die or not. <laughs> you know, you can't change... Um, whether that car ran into you as you're driving down the highway, there's a lot of things that are really outside of our control. Now we can, we can set our mind on things. We can change some things, but ultimately we are kind of a slave to our, um, our mental and our physical conditions. And one of those conditions is the sin nature that lives inside of us. And that, uh, came about in the fall that was a result of Satan deceiving Adam and Eve Mm. And so that sin nature is the thing that drives us to doing what we know is wrong, even when we know it's wrong. And this is true for Christians or non-Christians. People do what they know is wrong, even though they don't want to do it at times. And you see it more pronounced in people who deal with addictions, people who, you know, um, struggle with mental illness and these types of things. But, but I think to, to some extent we all face that, right? Mm-hmm. And that uh, you're, you're either a slave to sin or a slave to Christ is what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not a slave to Christ, then I'm a slave to my own desires. And those desires are inspired by my sin nature, which is ultimately come into the world because of what Satan did in the garden. And so, um, I mean, that's kind of a roundabout way to get there. The other side of it is, I mean, I think that when we look at the world, we see generally speaking, because nobody's going to say, well, I, I personally, you know, am following Satan or anything like that. But you look at the world and you see the evil that goes on every day. And we 
we can't. It used to be that people would look at the world and say that people are basically good. And ultimately, people are when they're when they're given the right circumstances, they're going to choose the right thing. Um, and you look at the world today and it's like, no, I don't think anybody believes that people are basically good right now. They're, they believe that there is good and they believe that there are good people and people that make good decisions. But we see evil rampant in the world today. I mean, all you have to do is open up your phone, pop up whatever your favorite news app is, and you'll see it in the first few headlines yeah. anytime on any given day. Yeah. There's all this uh, idea of control and things like that. And then kind of goes to what we're going to be focusing in on here for a few weeks of the spiritual realm. Um, you said you made a statement in the teaching that the spiritual uh, realm is more real than the physical realm. How is that? So, yeah, I, I, this isn't necessarily something that's um, overtly mentioned in the scriptures uh, that I know of at least, but when we think about what's temporary and what's eternal, the, the scriptures tell us that our souls, our spirits um, are eternal, that God is eternal, that Jesus is eternal, um, that the angels and the demons are eternal beings, right? Mm -hmm. And, and um, everything that we see around us is temporary. The things of this earth are temporary. It says over and over and over again in the scriptures. And so even though like this table that's sitting between us here, Paul, feels very real. I can feel that it's kind of cold because it's kind of a concrete table. I can feel the hardness of it. I can feel those things and it feels very real to me, but ultimately it's temporary. It's not going to last and only what is eternal lasts forever. And so when we think about whether something's more real or less real, well, something that's temporary is a lot less real than something that's oh, eternal, right. you know? Yeah. There's a lot of different religions and belief systems out there that believe in the spiritual um, how is what we believe as Bible-believing Christians different than like somebody who just might say, oh, I'm a very spiritual person? Mm -hmm. um, like, I know that's kind of uh, a vague <laughs> right. comparison to give you, but uh, what, what would you say are some of the, the key things that we believe about the spiritual that wouldn't be true about somebody who's just like, likes to smoke pot and say, oh yeah, I'm spiritual, you know, I yeah. love to connect with the spiritual and, and it, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. I think, um, well, usually that's sort of like an amorphous, like they don't really define what they actually mean, <laughs> you know? And it's like, whatever is real for me is real for me. And mm -hmm. I, I experience it like this. And I understand, that because we are individual creatures but the problem is something either exists or it doesn't there's no in-between state there's no like not like in between being and non-being okay mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll go into the a little off the deep end in the philosophical realm right now and this is this is the essence of what it is to be <laughs> is something that philosophers talk about about a lot so if you haven't been in college in a while, or if you haven't taken any philosophy classes, you're like, people actually think about this stuff? Yes. <laughs> people get paid lots of money to actually think about whether things, it's called ontology or an ontological argument. It's, it's basically what is the essence of being? What does it mean to be? And so something either is or it isn't, right? And so you can have an experience and maybe the experience that you had was a real feeling, but it doesn't necessarily correlate to something that is real outside of yourself, right? And um, this is, I think, where the, the, the difference comes in between something, I would even say between 
all organized religions and what somebody would describe as I'm spiritual, but just kind of my own thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, organized religions like, like, uh, Islam, like Buddhism, like Hinduism, they, they have it for their religion defined what that spiritual is. Right. Um, and I believe that they're all wrong, <laughs> but they have said, this is what that is. That, that thing that you're talking about, the spirit realm is this in Hinduism. It's, there's these 300 million gods that exist. Right. And, um, I, for one, tend to believe that those gods correlate to demons and different mm. actual spiritual entities. And so when somebody's interacting in worship of one of those so-called Hindu gods, they're actually worshiping a demon. There is something real that's actually going on there. Mm. It may not be what the person thinks it is, but they're engaging that spiritual realm, and it's a it's a darkness, it's a spiritual darkness that they're engaging. Um, whereas um, that person that's just kind of saying, "Well, I'm just kind of spiritual," usually it's like I just get good feelings, you know, <laughs> like I go ski and have a good powder day, and I have a good feeling at the end of the day. That's a spiritual experience. It's not really a spiritual experience. That's just endorphins and and like inner joy because you had a good day, right? Christianity on the other hand, gives really a, a definite definition of what it means to be spiritual, what that is. And it says that God is spirit. Um, God himself is spirit. Um, and so if we're going to define what spirit is, it, 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 it emanates from God, right? It kind of comes, it's a creation of God. So those who are spiritual beings like angels and demons um, are creations just like we are, but they're spiritual creations. They're not physical creations and that they don't have a physical body on earth like what we're experiencing here. Um, and so they're similar in essence to God and that they have a spirit, but then in the same way, so are we. We have spirit as well as human beings. We're, we're a, a soul, as the Bible describes, as well as flesh. And that's where humans are differentiated in that we are spirit and body right? And so we have a physical and a spiritual aspect. And so for humans to engage with the spiritual realm, um, there is a real sense uh, of experience that you can have when you're interacting with the spiritual realm that elicits a feeling in your heart and in your soul, right? But the, the, the difference between something like I'm just spiritual or even something like Hinduism, where maybe they are worshiping an actual entity, but it's a, a demonic entity, because Paul talked about the idols, you know, that people were sacrificing to and described them as demons, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the difference between those things and what a Christian does is it comes down to the fact that Christianity is all about what God did for us and not what we do for God or what we do to work ourselves into a state of euphoria or what we did to please the gods in order to get what we want um, or what we did to, you know, silence all feeling and get to nirvana and buddhism or what we did to appease the gods and animistic religions you know it's all about what god did for us and so our scriptures say that god is spirit they also say that he is love and there's no other god that really is defined that way um there are gods that love in certain things when you look in different religions but there's none that are love and God himself really embodies that as a, as the creator, as the one from whom everything else emanates, right? He created everything that exists, uh, including the angels and the demons. Um, and I think for, for a Christian, for a follower of Christ, 
we experience when we have a spiritual encounter with God, we're experiencing reality on its deepest level, if you will. And so while I could be kind of like a spiritual but not religious person and go out and have a hike and just kind of have an emotional moment, that's a lot different from a true spiritual encounter with the deepest reality at the center of existence. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it means as a Christian. We have God living in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, He is the most real thing that is, you know, (laughs) everything. Mm -hmm. Like we are real spiritual beings, but he is the source of it all. And so if we're talking about being in essence and what is reality, God is the ultimate reality. And so we um, experience God as Christians living inside of us. And so when we have that experience of the ultimate reality, it's way different than anything that um, you might have on a hike or anything that somebody might have worshiping a Hindu God or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, That was a lot of words though. So I I don't know if I actually answered your question (laughs) or just rambled, but (laughs) I'm just going to believe that you did. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, as you're talking, I was just thinking about how, like, it seems like a lot of people's goal is just to connect to the spiritual, mm-hmm. but that's that's not our goal as Christians, right? Our, our goal is to connect to, uh, if you will, the person, Jesus, mm-hmm. the person, God, you know, the person, Holy Spirit, and, you know, I know they're gods. Right. I mean, God in three. <laughs> yeah. But that's what, like, some people are content just to connect to the spiritual, but like you're saying, that could be connecting to uh something spiritual but something that is actually destructive right without totally realizing it and so we we almost we would it be accurate to say that we use the spiritual connecting in the spiritual we use that as an avenue to get to god Mm -hmm. but the goal isn't just to be spiritual Um, right the goal is to have a relationship with with god um you know we we talk about satan uh, and these uh, spiritual forces of darkness and stuff, these are our enemies that that mm-hmm. we are fighting against. Yeah. Um, I guess we kind of, uh, well, no, I mean, Satan's the enemy of all mankind, whether they're Christian or not. He hates us right. all. But um, but as, as his enemies and having him as an enemy and these demons and these spiritual forces, uh, should we be afraid of that? That's a great question. Um, so for someone that's not a Christian, yes, absolutely. Um, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus and you're not sealed with the Holy Spirit, there is a very real risk and danger uh, in interacting with the spiritual world. Um, that's why so many people that have come out of things like Wicca, witchcraft, um, the occult, these t- different types of things, when they think about these these types of things that we're talking about, they have a knee-jerk like other end of the pendulum response to this. Um, a lot of people that have gotten saved out of the occult or out of things like astrology and that type of stuff. Uh, I've talked to some people who have been like very deep in those movements and even been like practitioners in those things. And when they come out of that, I mean, they're like further on the other end of the spectrum than they're like, I might even be, cause I might kind of just, yeah, astrology, whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm not even going to look at it, but it's just like, that's just, and they, they kind of swing even a little bit further on the other pendulum on some other issues that might be secondary because of their experience mm, with that spiritual world and how dangerous mm. it was. Yeah. And um, so 
I think for a non-Christian, it's very dangerous to play around with that stuff, things that are in the spiritual realm. You might think it's just a joke, but things like like Ouija boards, like tarot cards, like um, you know horoscopes, those types of things, there actually is a spiritual power that I believe is associated with a lot of those things, and it's not a good one. And it's, it, it is uh, the enemy of your soul is who is really influencing those things. And so, yes, you should be afraid. Now, as a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, the answer is no, you should not be afraid um, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, as the scripture says. And if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living in your heart. He has taken up residence in your soul. There's no room for anybody else in there. Um, and so you can't be possessed by a demon. You can't be overcome by a demon because ultimately when we, as it says in James chapter four, verse seven, when we submit ourselves to God and then stand in God's power and resist the devil, he's going to run away from us because he's actually scared of you Mm. if you're a follower of Christ. And that's really the difference as a Christian. He's scared of us because we have the power of God on our side. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it. Like he's, he's scared of God. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, then on the other side of things, should we mock Satan and demons? Like I've, I've seen some parts of Christianity who are just mm. like, really like get a kick out of, uh, you know, rebuking Satan and, and yeah. doing all, all types of things like that. Is that an accurate biblical way we should deal with these things? I haven't actually really thought about this very much, but your, your question um, brings me back to something that I shared in the teaching. Um, and that is that even angels don't do that. And I mean, I, I've thought about that, but I guess I just equated it in my mind to some of those t-shirts I used to see people wearing like Satan stomping ninja type stuff, you know, like those types of things. Or like there was a song back, um, that there was a song that was like a metal song in like the early two thousands when Christian metal was like a big thing. And it was talking about punching Satan in the face and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, I mean, like, are they setting themselves up for trouble? I don't know by wearing that stupid t-shirt or singing the song, but like there's a, there's a real sense in which the scriptures in Jude and uh, in a couple other places very clearly mention like, you got to be careful because those are real powers and real authorities. And, you don't have your own authority speaking to them. Yeah. You speak in the, in the authority of the Lord. And and it says that Michael, when he was rebuking Satan, didn't even do it himself. He said, the Lord rebuke you, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, a, you know, Satan's so uh, tricky about how he gets us to, you know, fall into sin. And you just mm-hmm. think about the pride aspect of that, of yeah. uh, being this Satan rebuker person, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, one last question I think we got time for it is, uh, we're talking about like demons and, um, demon possession and you shared how, you know, Christians cannot be demon possessed, but, uh, a non-Christian actually can have mm-hmm. their body possessed by a, a demonic force. Mm-hmm. Um, what about things like, uh, alcoholism or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the sexual addiction and, and yeah. things like that. I've heard, you know, some churches 
talk about how you need to be delivered from the demon of eating too much ice cream or whatever. <laughs> Did they really say that? No, no that yeah, was I was going to say, my okay, own struggle. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're, that's a good, you bring up a good point because there are churches that will say, there are groups, um, I should say that will say things like, well, that person has a spirit of alcoholism or that person has a spirit of, um, depression and, and can an evil spirit cause those things, particularly when they are possessing somebody who's not a believer? Yes, absolutely. I would say they can. Um, can they cause those things in a believer? Not directly, but I think indirectly that they can they can influence us yeah. towards those. But the difference is between, again, being possessed and being oppressed. oppressed for right? a Christian, yeah. Right, for yeah. a Christian. A Christian cannot be possessed by the enemy. So possession is truly control. Like it's yeah. it's a demon taking control of a person. Um, and that happens in many different forms. But for a Christian, you can't be possessed because you're already, in a sense, I don't like the word, but you're already possessed by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's taken up residence in your heart and he is present with you. Now, he doesn't he doesn't exert control over us in an aggressive manner, like the way that a demon would do, but he influences and protects and covers and keeps us. Um, and so we can't be possessed and we can't be controlled in like, you know, they can't force us into alcoholism, if you will, mm -hmm. or into an ice cream addiction. But Satan is very crafty and he can sneak little opportunities in here and there for temptation mm -hmm. and for, um, shame, which shame is something that actually leads to further sin most of the time because you feel condemned by your sin. And so you fall back into it. And, yeah, um, yeah. so, I mean, are there spirits that are maybe influencing those things? I think that there are, but I, I it's not like I need to be delivered from the spirit of alcoholism. That's just not, yeah. that's not a biblical concept. You know, I wonder if sometimes the draw towards thinking that is because we don't just want to take ownership of our own sin <laughs> i think know? you're probably exactly right yeah we just don't want to say that we actually made that choice so well hey uh great discussion looking forward to the next few weeks continuing this discussion about the spiritual realm and the spiritual battles and we'll catch you next time on unscripted thanks for joining us for today's conversation if you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.